Thanks for checking out the New Hope Podcast. We believe this message will encourage you and transform you into who God is calling you to be. You are loved. Enjoy. Today I want to I want to come to you with a message called prepared question mark. <laughs> so get some notes, get get your get your phone out, whatever you need to do to take notes cuz you're going to want to remember this one. You're going to want to go back and look at this. So so are you excited to be here? Come on, come on. I'm, I'm excited because um, this message uh, has been told for the last 2,000 years. And we're still telling it. And we're preparing for something. Have you ever prepared for something? Come on. We've all prepared for something. A wedding, a birthday, just for your friends to come over to the house, right? You've prepared for something or someone to get in your vehicle. You ever have to prepare for that? You come on, parents with little kids. You're like, yeah, I got to get rid of all the crayons that have melted into the carpet. You've got to prepare if you're going to take someone in that vehicle. Because if not, you might be a little bit embarrassed. We've all prepared for something. All right, listen to this. Okay, when I, I lived in Kansas as a youth pastor, none of my family in Canada ever visited me. I moved to Florida. They all visit me. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Stop. So in the last four months, I've had four different groups of visitors at my house. And there was lots of preparing to do at my house. My wife's like, hey, can we pressure wash that? We means can you, right? <laughs> can we clean this? Can we put mulch right there? So there's always something to prepare for. And sometimes when someone shows up unannounced at your house, you're like, oh man, I was not prepared for this. You're kind of like, hey, can I help you? Right? You're like, and then the ladies are like, I don't have any makeup on. That's what my wife does. She's like, they can't come in. There's no makeup. Oh my goodness. And the guys are like, whatever. I'll clean up real quick. We're, we're all preparing for something. You know the U.S., I love, I love this. When I was a youth pastor, I, had, I did this sermon called um, Semper Paredes. And it means, it's the U.S. Coast Guard's motto, motto. It means always ready, always prepared. Everybody say prepared. Prepared. Are you prepared? Being prepared in life is always our intention, Right? We're always, oh yeah, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be ready for Easter. You know, at Christmas time, you're like, I'm going to be ready for Christmas. People are always like, you ready for Christmas? I'm like, what does that mean? Am I ready for Christmas? It just shows up on the calendar. Do you mean like, have I got all the gifts yet? Like, but preparation is something that we, we intend to do, but doesn't always work doesn't always work well. Uh, one day when I was about 18 years old, my brother, uh, myself, and a couple friends in an afternoon said, hey, let's go climb a mountain. Okay. So one, one of the problems was that was in the afternoon. The other problem was the mountain was four hours away. This, the third problem was it was in, in, in another country. And so he said, okay, let's, uh, let's go climb a mountain. So we get in my little um, 1997 Ford Escort, five-speed. Come on. It was such a cool vehicle. Like, I come down here to Florida, and all the kids have, like, these nice trucks. I drove a Ford Escort wagon. 
<laughs> yeah, 965 bucks, baby. So we were like, okay, let's go climb a mountain. So we grabbed a few things, threw it all in a bag. And it's September, so it's, it's still nice outside. Threw it all in a bag, drove, got to the border, um, the U.S. border. We're driving into the state of Maine. We're going to go hike this mountain. Now, this is not just some like, like, well, I, I can't, there's nothing in Florida to show you, but it's, it's a mile high. This mountain's a mile high. It's 5,400 feet. And so we get to the border. It's already dark by the time we get to the border. And they, they start questioning us. We were not prepared. They're like, what's this for? What's this for? Well, we're just coming. We're, we're going to... They're like, where are you sleeping? You don't have a tent. We're like, uh, uh, we're, we're going to sleep in the car. So they let four 18-year-olds into the United States. Yes. And we came and we, we, we parked. It was about 2 in the morning at a place called Baxter State Park. And so we, we drive in. And they're like, all right, let's just get some sleep. So we fell asleep. And when the sun came up in the morning, we were all still awake. So we're like, okay, let's just, let's just go climb the mountain. <laughs> we were really dumb. I'm um, like, this is the guy who pastors our church? <laughs> yes, yes. So we go and we put our backpacks on and we, we start hiking this trail up. And you, get, you go through the woods, then you get to like these boulders, and then you get so high up that it's called the alpines. There's really nothing that grows there other than this little vegetation that's, that kind of runs along the ground. So we get there. On the way up, it had been raining a little bit. Well, when we got up to the alpines, that rain turned into something else called snow in September. And we have t-shirts on. I, I, I wish I could have found the photo. My friend, some reason he brought a towel. So we're at the, we finally make it to the summit and it is snowing. We're the only people there because we did not prepare. We didn't have, you know, back then you couldn't just look on your phone what the weather was going to be like that day. So we get up to the top. I got to find this photo. I don't have it today. But my friend is sitting there with a pink towel over his head doing this. <laughs> We were not prepared. It's always good to prepare, isn't it? We need to be prepared. You know that from the beginning of time, God has been preparing for you to be here at this moment in time. Isn't that amazing? It says in the Bible that He knit you together in your mother's womb. That means, not to just knit you together, that means that he, he started breathing life into you from the day you were conceived. Isn't that amazing that, that God was there from the very beginning? And we can see it all from Gen Genesis to Malachi in the Old Testament. We see that God was preparing not just for us, but he was preparing for his son Jesus to come and be here and to save us. Look what it says in Jeremiah 29, 11 to 14 about us. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. What's our captivity? Our captivity is our death in sin. I will bring you back from your captivity, declares the Lord. 
I will gather you from all the nations and place, places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. You know what's amazing is from the very beginning, God was preparing not just for us to be here, but for Jesus to come. To make that triumphal entry. Look at what it says in Zechariah 9.9. This is 500 years before Jesus took that stroll down Main Street of where? Jerusalem on a donkey. Look what it says. Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly, which also means humble, and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the full of a donkey. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you today that you've prepared us to be here. That you know each and every person in this room. You know each and every struggle in this place. Lord, I pray today you would speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Today I want to prepare our hearts, just like we did with communion. That was step one. But I want to prepare our hearts leading into Easter to get our minds set on Jesus. For his triumphal entry today, but also next Sunday, the celebration that he rose from the dead to seal the deal. To seal that, hey, we can now have salvation in Him. But I also want to challenge you with something too. Like, okay, God, Jesus is preparing for something. He's coming. He's making a triumphal entry. But how do we play a role in this? Well, if you're a Christ follower, listen, we're the prep team. Football players know what that is if you play college at all. We're the prep team. If you watch, if you know anything about Rudy, anybody remember Rudy? Oh yeah. Rudy was on the prep team. He got hammered every day in, day out at practice so they could get ready for the next game. You're like, wait, you're telling us we're Rudy? But remember that last game of the season, he runs out of the tunnel, right? Because he's on the team. We're, prepared. we're also here to prepare for the triumphal entry. Not, not the one we read about in Mark, but the one we read about in Revelation. He came, he came in Mark riding on a donkey. He will come back someday riding on a white horse to bring us back with him. Amen? So let's, let's read this story together. Let's look at this. Um, and actually... Um, I, I've been using a lot of illustrations lately, right? So, anybody have a donkey around anywhere? Anybody have a... Jesse, do you have a donkey? So, so there's a, I think there's a... I think we have a donkey here somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we just brought a donkey over. So, it's, it's a lot easier to tell the story if we have a donkey... Look, look here what it says in Mark 11. As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them. As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey. We'll read this story and see how she does. 
Go into the village over there, he told them. As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs it and will return it soon. The two disciples left and found the colt standing in the street, tied outside the front door. As they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, What are you doing untying that colt? They said, What Jesus had told them to say, and they were permitted to take it. You know, looking at the story of, of Palm Sunday, the donkey is kind of a, a, kind of a, a decent figure in this story. Obviously, Jesus is the most important, but if you think about this, this donkey in the story, um, I want us to be prepared. One day, we, we as Christians will experience something similar. Are we good? Thank you. Thank you. Here. Hey, we had a donkey at church. <laughs> Thanks. Um, afterwards, your kids can go pet the donkey and see the donkey and get pictures. But someday we'll see something similar. Jesus coming, his triumphal entry. I call it a grand entry. It's going to be even more epic than this. Because he's returning soon. So I want to I give you a couple things to look at today from this story. When Jesus is making his grand entry, we need to be prepared with one, a mode of transportation. Right? We need, we, so you're like, okay, Pastor Landon, if we're the prep team, what do you, what, how are we going to help in this in this situation. So imagine Jesus is coming back. One of the last things he said is, hey, go make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he said in Acts, he said, wait here, I'm going to send Holy Spirit to you to give you the power to do what I asked you to do, to go make those disciples. So we need a mode of transportation. You know, the word prepared means ready for use. You know that if you're a follower of Christ this morning in here, or you say, I want to follow Jesus, he wants us to be prepared for use. He wants to use us. Like, imagine that, imagine in the story, Jesus is like, hey, go to that town, you'll see a, you'll see a donkey, so a young donkey, and it's tied there, it's never been used, and go grab it and, and bring it. Um, so some of you be like, Jesus is stealing now? Like, what's, what's going on here? Um, but he was borrowing it. You know, when I was younger, I worked, at a, I, I worked at a kid's camp, and we had horses, and we had this donkey. And man, I, I kind of had like, we, maybe we all think about donkeys similar. I think they get a bad rap, don't they? Because really, the donkey was out in the field all the time, and it made loud noises and bothered people, right? But you know what? Donkeys are actually really intelligent. Um, when, they have, when they have someone like Trudy, I know this is hard coming in a building. That's not a normal thing. 
But when you have um, a companion like Trudy and a donkey, they're, they're, they are a loyal friend. Um, you know that donkeys only need a quarter of the amount of food like that a, that a horse or a camel would need. Um, they can go on rocky terrain. They can, they can lug up to like 10 times their body weight. Like they, and then they can go for days without food. It's amazing what they can do. But you know what? God is calling us, the church, to be the transporter, the vehicle of the gospel. He wants us to take the good news everywhere that we go. You're like, Pastor Landon, are you calling us all donkeys? Yes. <laughs> um, whether you like it or not, we are a vehicle of the gospel. If, if we're a follower of Jesus, then we're taking the gospel with us. Sometimes that gospel doesn't always look like good news though. Right? To some people. They're like, man, that person's rude. I heard they go to whatever church. You know? But we need to be the person who brings the good news and it has to be good. When we go down Main Street carrying the gospel Will people praise like they did on that, at that triumphal entry in Mark? Or will they gaze? Will they just be kind of like, what are they doing? So preparing ourselves, preparing to usher in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I love that Jesus borrowed someone's donkey because this tells us something. One, really, Jesus owns everything. God owns everything. He created everything. He allows us to be here. He allows us to inhabit earth. He allows us to, to go. He allows us to have our, our jobs. Everything that we have is because of Him. He allows it. You know what's amazing also about God? He allows us to take ownership of what is His. The good news, the kingdom. He, he allows us, not that we own it all, but He allows us to take ownership and say, hey, this is also ours. So when we, when we own something, are we going to take care of it? Yeah. yeah. Are, if we own something, if we have ownership, if we have a partnership in a company, are we going to help that company grow? How much more so that we have ownership in the kingdom do we prepare for His coming? He allows us to have that. Imagine God has been preparing for this from day one. Imagine God chose us to share in His kingdom. That's pretty special. You know, you look at religions all over the world... And there's no personal connection with their God. I know I've told this story before, but I met a Muslim man one time and we were exchanging what our beliefs were. And he was like, wait a second, you, you get to talk to God? I said, yeah, I talk to him every day, just like I'm talking to you right now. He said, oh, well, I got to pray. If they tell me I got to pray every day, X amount of times a day, but... I had to memorize something in another language. I don't even know what I'm saying. It's pretty special that we have a personal connection 
that that triumphal entry into Jerusalem gave us part of the plan of salvation that Jesus is coming in to usher in his salvation for us. Not just that, but for us to have a personal relationship with God. How personal is it that between the donkey and Jesus, they're, they're touching each other. They're right there. Can we be a people that transport the gospel? Yes, I believe so. Okay, let's look at the next part of the story. Mark 11, 7 to 8. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it. And he sat on it. Many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him. And others spread leafy branches they had cut in the fields. So number two, when Jesus is making his grand entry, we need to be prepared with honor. Everybody say honor. honor. Does anybody have a jacket? I know I'm now I'm like the donkey thing was easier. Anybody wearing, probably no one's wearing a jacket today. Any suit jackets around or anybody got a jacket? It's all right if you don't. We got one back there? It better not be a gator's jacket. Thank you. Wow. So they took off their jackets and laid it on the road as Jesus passed by. Do you know what that is a symbol of? In their culture, that was a symbol of honor. I'm taking off what was covering up me and I'm going to place it before the king's feet. And it was a symbol of honor. Look what, look what a Hebrew... I, well, before we get to that, let me read this. Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. Look at this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. So listen, to me this morning, when we give honor to the Lord, we are saying that I'm going to take off everything that's hindering me, every sin that trips me up, and with honor, I'm going to lay it at the feet of Jesus. I'm going to place it there because I, I honor him. He's, he's my leader. He's, he's the king of kings. He's my prince of peace. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of, of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he's seated in the place of, what is the word? Honor, honor beside God's throne. Can we honor Jesus today, this week, as we prepare for Easter. One, we're going to be a transport of the gospel. We're going to be that mode of transportation that the gospel is going to go out everywhere because of we're going to go and do it. 
Then secondly, we're going to give so much honor to God that we're going to say, okay, God, what, what do I not need in my life anymore? I'm going to try to put this on. I don't know whose it is. Hopefully it was washed recently. Someone's like, what are we going to do about the palm branches? <laughs> I don't have one of those. So I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to look at my life. When we honor the Lord, we're going to look at our life and say, okay, what in me, what on me, does God want to say, that's not needed any longer? What am I addicted to that, that God's not happy with? How do I talk to my spouse? How do I react when my kids have issues? <laughs> How do I react in traffic? How can I honor God by taking all that stuff off and laying it at his feet and saying, God, I honor you. Come on, church. When we truly are in a place of honor with God, the things of this world don't matter any longer. That we focus, we take our, gla our gaze off of something else and we focus our eyes on Jesus. Amen? When we honor someone, it seems we are honest with them. You know the word honor really just comes from honest. So when we, when we honor someone, especially God, we need to be honest with Him. He already knows our heart. So sometimes we just need to vocalize and say, God, I honor you. Forgive me of this. Take me out of this part of my life. I want to honor you. I want to respect you. We need to get right with the Lord today as we prepare for Easter. Amen? As we prepare, not just for Easter, but soon and very soon, He will be back to get His church and as we take off all the weight, that everything that trips us up off, as the Bible says, we will be a spotless bride for our coming King. So the last one. When, when Jesus is making His grand entry, we need to be prepared with praise and worship. Everybody say praise and worship. You know, prepared also means ready to do or deal with something. Ready to do. Are you ready today at a moment's notice to worship the King of Kings? Are you ready? Are you prepared? Look what it says here in Mark 11. And it's the end of the story. Mark 11. And as Caleb comes. 11, 9 to 10. It says, Jesus was in the center of the procession. And the people all around him were shouting, Praise God. Can we say praise God today? Praise. praise God. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessings on the coming king of our ancestor David. Praise God in the highest heaven. They're saying, Hosanna. They said they were waving in, in Matthew, I believe. They said they were waving palm branches. Saying, Hosanna. 
Hosanna, someone got one? Yeah, bring it. Come on. Bring that up here. Someone that's fast. I'm not saying, Charles, you're not fast. <laughs> I love you, Charles. I'm just trying not to walk in front of that. Thank you. So the last one, we got all the items today. So the last one God provides. The last one is the palm branch and they're waving Hosanna. You know, the, you know what this shows us? That worship is artistic. You probably like some, some, some of us maybe grew up in churches and maybe there's no lights or instruments or people maybe being a little loud or raising their voices. But this shows us that, that God wants our worship to be artistic and colorful. He made all these colors. He made the palm branch. He made all of these things for us to, to show him praise and worship. From the beginning of time, God was preparing for this moment. For a few moments. But are we prepared that one day, the Bible says, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus himself said, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, he said. That's it. There's one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Today, I want to challenge you with a couple things before you go. As we prepare for Easter, I want to challenge you. Are you a vehicle of the good news of Jesus? Number two, are you honoring God by taking off everything that trips you up and laying it at His feet? And number three, will you praise at all times? Will you praise when you have a bad day? When you're in the valley? Will you praise when you're on the top of the mountain? I believe God wants to challenge His church to be prepared, not, not just for Easter, but to be prepared that one day He is coming back and He's looking for a church that's ready. Are we ready? Are we prepared? So today I want to ask you two questions before we go. Number one, are you ready? Are you prepared? And secondly, if you're not, will you say, today is my day of salvation? And say, I'm going to raise my hand and say, Pastor, today I want to follow Jesus. Just put your hand up if that's you. Say, that's me today. Today I'm preparing to meet Jesus. Today I'm following Him. Let's pray this prayer together. Jesus, thank you for always being there, for preparing from the beginning of time our salvation. Thank you for the cross. Thank you that you didn't just stay dead. 
rose from the grave. And we have salvation in you. Forgive me. Fill me. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Come on, let's give praise today to the Lord.